Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8a. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love above gifts. The Greeks. My, my, the Greeks. Wonderful culture, wonderful language. They have five meanings, five words at least for love. But the most popular is, is the kind of love that drives us mad. Based on mythology, where this entity with his eyes covered and he has a bow and arrow that supposedly strikes your heart and then drives you mad. I say that because we have taken a text from Corinth, Corinthians, and Corinthians is in Greece. It is not Athens, it is not a university town, but nonetheless a, a Greek town where they value wisdom and knowledge. They define everything. They philosophize everything. The Greeks, this church was in Corinth, became believers, but they're amidst that culture. There were at least, I believe, 20 gods they worship in Greece. The most popular was Aphrodite, the goddess of love. Of course, there are other gods, but that would be the most popular. And in their temples, the temples of Aphrodite would be the priestesses who are actually temple prostitutes. This is the context. Proud Corinthians. Influenced by sexual immorality, religiosity, and philosophy. In this church were problems. Paul addressed specific problems in the Corinthian church. Some of the issues pertain to divisions of the church. Some said, I am for Paul, I am for Apollos, I am for Cephas, I am for Christ. Divisions in the church. That's why they were reprimanded by Paul saying, you are carnal. I cannot speak to you as spiritual men. Another problem was sexual immorality in the church and disorderly worship gatherings and a disbelief on the resurrection, doctrinal. Paul argued that Christ should be the center. Do not be followers of men, but followers of Christ. Oftentimes, you would hear us preach that we do not want you to be followers of us. We want us to be followers of Christ. Pastors should lead us all to be followers of Christ. 
As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. It's not follow me, period. Christ should be the center. Christians should be morally upright, even in the midst of this sexually electrified culture. And worship gatherings should be orderly. The Corinthians were, it was a gifted church. They would prophesy, speak in tongues. In fact, chapter 12 and chapter 14 is about the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. And right at the center, chapter 13, Paul spoke on love. Because he said, you may have all the gifts, but without love, you are like a clanging cymbal. You sound aloud. We hear you. But it seems that you have no purpose. Just noise. Chapter 11 up to chapter 14 is about orderly worship. And then Paul in chapter 15 emphasized the reality of the resurrection. That there were many witnesses. The 12 disciples and other 500 people saw Christ resurrected. The living Christ. <clears throat> Paul embedded a discourse on love amid his discussion on spiritual gifts in the worship gathering. Although Paul believed in powerful spiritual experiences made possible by the Spirit, by the gifts of the Spirit, his emphasis was on love. We believe in the power of the Spirit. When you want prayer for healing, we pray for healing. And we believe in the supernatural hand of God. And sometimes some of us have experienced instant healings. And most of us, progressive, the normal way. We also pray for the doctors, by the way. Should we pray for doctors? Yes, especially if they would be operating on you, right? So, Lord, guide his hand. <laughs> May he cut only the right part. Uh, But Paul defined what he meant by love. Why? The Corinthians would have so many definitions. And the most popular was erotic love, romantic love. In fact, there is a term, then. The term was Corinthianized. You've been Corinthianized. It means you're inclined to erotic love all the time. I hope you are not Corinthianized. I hope, young people, you are not Corinthianized with so many things on Facebook and so much pornography that you can access there. I hope you're not Corinthianized. I know the code if you tell me, Pastor, I think he's Corinthianized. Okay, we'll pray for that person. <laughs> so, here Paul defines love. Now, I know, I know, a lot of us may have definitions of love when you were courting your, your would-be wife then, you had your own definitions of love and perhaps you used flowery languages to convince her. Uh, there, was a, there are songs about love. I think there's one, the song that says, perhaps love is so many things. <laughs> I tried singing that. It was hard to sing. Uh, but perhaps love is this. When I was young, they said love is blind. Others said, love can move mountains. Love is a many splendid things. But then, let's forget all about that right now. Because let's look at biblical love. 
Now, if you're a believer and you say, I love you to somebody, I hope first and foremost, it's what the Bible defined it to be. Because here, the Bible defines it. And I do believe if we apply what the Bible says in our church community, you see, this text is often used in weddings, but it's the original recipient was a church community like us. The first applic the application then, Paul was writing to the Corinthians, in their local community, you have to love one another, and love is this. But then, of course, it can apply to our families as well, and it can also apply to our marriages. Let's read verse 4. Love is patient. Can you say love is patient? Love is patient. So, that's why I say we have to mature in Christ. One area of maturity is patience. Patience is the ability to put in check strong emotions. I believe emotions would be a good servant but a terrible master. If you are led by your emotions, you decide based on what you feel, you're leading yourself in the wrong way. You're walking the wrong path. You will say things you will regret. You will do things you will regret. Patience is that ability to put in check strong emotions. You want to get mad? That's patience. Amen? <laughs> you want to feel depressed? I have joy of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. You'll just sing it out. I count it all joy. That ability. But it takes time to grow. But first is self-awareness. If we are not aware if we are patient or not or we don't care, we never grow. We must be aware. Every time you lose your patience, remember that time and day. And the next time you lose it, put another market. And you would know how often you lose your patience. And then after a while, you would see if the marks are longer. Oh, one month. Already, huh? I'm improving. But if it's every day, every hour, then oh boy, you need to improve. Okay, because love is patient. When you say prove your love, in scriptural terms, it is to be patient. In the world, to prove your love is to have sex with me. In our context, you want to prove your love? Patience. Love is patient. Love is kind. What is being kind? I looked up the word. It is actually benevolence. The ability to share. Love is patient. Love is kind. Kind is more of there is action. Some action to it. You're patient to withhold strong emotions. And then you are kind in terms of sharing blessing others now in the context in the text i mean love was defined as patient and kind and then paul would write about what it is not and what it does not do so let us read love is patient love is kind and is not jealous love is not jealous of course in the erotic world you're jealous? Maybe you're in love. That's not our language. 
You're jealous? Put it in check. Check it, surrender it to Christ. I do believe, let me just clarify this, it's, it's not the main discussion, but let me clarify this, that uh, how about wives who are jealous? I do believe that wives should be protective, not jealous. There is a difference. To protect you that you may not sin. Jealous is something sometimes there's no basis. Okay? But if there is a basis, that's another discussion. But primarily, love is not jealous. It is also not envious. What is envy? If you feel hurt when others are doing well. That's envy. Or the feeling of, I should have that also if they have that. Sometimes our thinking of fairness is that we should have everything that others also have. No, no, that, that doesn't exist in this world. There is no such thing as completely fair because your concept of fairness and my concept of fairness and our concept of fairness, all of us, may not agree. Uh, I jokingly say this. My wife and I love this really good mango cake. Not mango, tango, something, drink. Mango cake in, in, in Manila. And when we would go there, we would order only one because they give big slices. So, and I say, okay, we should split it fairly. Since I'm bigger, <laughs> I should have a bigger slice. Of course, it's too good that she could also eat it, finish it even, I guess. But in her perspective, no, no, fair is at the middle. Or let me eat, and if I can't finish, you can finish it all. Uh, but you see, she has a point if it says it should be in the middle. And I have a point, meaning I'm bigger. I need more sugar, more energy. You think I'm right? <laughs> Please convince her, okay? Uh, Let us not envy one another. Each of us, we all have our own journey. And in our journey, God gives us different trials. Do not be envious. The problem with marketing, they make you envious. Like women's magazine, they say, you're not like that, therefore you should buy this. The same way with men when about success. Uh, you should be rich and powerful. We should follow the will of God in our lives. That is our ultimate goal. Love does not brag. Is not arrogant. Uh, Corinthians, they, they brag. They love their wisdom. They show off their wisdom. That's it. Paul said to the Corinthians, Christian Corinthians, the believers would be, do not brag. Love does not brag. Do not brag to one another. Do not envy, but do not brag, because you're tempting them to be envy. Do not brag, do not be envious. It's not arrogant. It does not bully. It's not arrogant. Meaning arrogant is puffed up. Puffed up. Puffed up is you have a big head. Okay? You think you're the smartest guy, uh, the best of all, uh, no, 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 that's, that's not love. It does not act unbecomingly, meaning it is not rude. Love does not seek its own, meaning love is not selfish. People getting married, when we counsel them, we ask, why do you want to get married? Why him? Why her? 
And they give many reasons. Oh, because he's, so, he's such a gentleman. And, and he opens the door for me. And, and he gives me flowers and so many things. Okay, and, uh, and you, why do you want to marry her? Oh, she comforts me. She, she believes in me when nobody else would. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and so many things. I said, okay, nice. You said nice things, but I have a problem with what you said. It's all about, get, about me. What you said, why you want to marry the other person is because of what you can get. And that's a problem. Because if you carry that in marriage, if it's the pull factor, the selfish factor, what I can get, what I can get, you pull. At one time, it breaks. But if it's a give factor, there's no tension. There's a give factor. There's a give factor. So love is not selfish. If both of you are thinking more of the other, that's amazing. But we have to put it in context. That's why this Saturday is important. Our seminar this Saturday. Because it will explain the major differences of men and women. And if we miss this, we miss it. Because some of us think that, especially women, you're expecting your man to be like your girlfriend. He should go with me to the movies, sure. But please do not drown him in love stories that he hates, okay? Uh, give him a movie with a love story, but there, there, somebody has to die, okay, according to Mark Gunger, okay? So men love that kind, okay? There's, there's adventure, and there's, there's killing, and then put the love story in, okay? Uh, love does not seek its own, is not provoked. It is not provoked, uh, which means love is not easily offended. Uh, hello, fellow Filipinos or Asians here. Okay, we are very sensitive. We have to grow out of it. Don't be so sensitive. Okay? Sometimes a word said may mean nothing. Don't make it mean a lot. And not everything is about you. If you learn that you are not the center of the world, you will not easily be offended. So please remove statements like, that's provoked. You're, you're, you're easily provoked. Uh, uh, you're, you're easily provoked. Don't say that. Change the language, okay? Change your language. Uh, let me do Christian lingo. That I don't like. If you stumble, you're not in the light. First John, okay? Don't, don't give me that reason. That's only for immature believers. You consider yourself mature, don't even say it. Patience. Amen? What else? What, what else do we say? Easily provoked. Oh, oh, I hope I don't offend you when I preach. I just have to preach the word, right? If the word says to encourage you, it says there, I have to encourage you. If love, it says love is this one, I have to preach it. If I have to preach against sin, I preach against sin. So please, do not be offended when I preach. But if you do, you are offended. Praise God. Because I heard that if I'm offending people by preaching the word, not intentionally, it means I'm doing my job. 
I also do hope I encourage you when I preach because I only offend you with the word and not encourage you. I'm also not doing my job. So I'd like to say you are blessed. Amen? Amen. You are not easily provoked. Please do not easily be provoked. And, oh, here, hear you, hear you. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. You know the other translation says, and better translation, does not keep a record of wrong. You offended me today. February 2, 2020. Zero two zero two two zero two zero. Offended today. Uh, I was wearing white. He was wearing black. Uh, area GCF Naga. Never forget. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, then another time. That's really keeping a record. Now, uh, somebody said. Is it forgive and forget? You know, I, I never seen forget in scripture actually. Uh, but I do believe, because I don't think you can easily forget, right? <laughs> but you may forget if you don't use it against each other. But if you're going to use it as a weapon, hello, brothers and sisters, never use a weapon against your loved one. Oh, you made me feel that way. I'll make you feel that way. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, if you start that cycle, it never ends. You will die fighting each other. Near your death, you're still proving who's right. Okay? Who's right, who's wrong. Life is too good to debate on small things. Huh? My secret is, in the minor things, yes, dear. On the major things, I decide where we're going to live, the car to buy, where the kids will go to school, pathway, types of business, my decision. Of course, I consult her. I don't make her decide. Gentlemen, please, stop it. You decide. But you have to learn. Stop hiding behind something that you don't want to be blamed. No, here's the cue, gentlemen. Fathers, husbands, let me give you a truth that will liberate you. It is always our fault. Whatever happens, good or bad, it's because of you. You made it happen. You allowed it to happen because you could have stopped it from happening. You're the one who has to draw the line because if things go wrong, it's still about you. You get me? Accountability. That's why, ladies, that's why the Bible said submit because under God, he's the most responsible. On judgment day, he's the most responsible for the family, not you. You are second most responsible. Are you there? I love you in Christ. Does not keep a record of wrong. So you hear that in, in quarrels, right? I remember 1984. <laughs> you did this before. <laughs> and in 1992. <laughs> and it's, a, it's just a record of wrong. Let it go. Trust and forgive. Uh, number three, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. We do not rejoice in sin. 
we are not happy with it. Though we have patience, we must be patient, but we are not happy in unrighteousness. We do not rejoice in it. We rejoice in the truth. That's why scriptural truth is important and being truthful to one another. Being truthful. Don't have to manipulate. Trust Christ. Trust God. Just share, okay, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm praying for. Sometimes we don't share because they might say something bad about what we think. For me, I'd rather say, put it all the cards on the table and then trust God. Have a good discussion with the family and pray for his leading. But rejoice with the truth. Paul is concerned with sound doctrine. That's why in chapter 15, he would speak about the resurrection. In fact, he would speak about the gospel again. About the resurrection of Jesus Christ. About faith in Christ. We have to rejoice in the truth. Next, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Yes, verse 7 is like love is patient. It is a reflection of patience. Bears all things. Meaning you can suffer all things. If you suffer together, then suffer together. We as a church, we may, if we ever we suffer together, then we suffer together. But we will bear all things. But we shall believe all things. Believe in the promises of God. Believe in the best from one another. We hope for all things and endure all things. Verse 8, the first part I took, love never fails. But the context is actually, the next is about uh, prophecies will cease. The gifts will cease. And not back to the discussion of the gifts. That these things will stop one day, but love will still remain. Love never fails. Application. Number one, a misguided concept of love leads to a wrong way of loving. Therefore, define love according to the sacred scriptures. Conversely, do not define love according to popular culture. Not according to your classmates. Not according to your friends, what they say, what they advise you. Find what scripture says. If you have problems... Listen to what the scripture says. Ground yourself in it. That is strong footing. Remember, love is patient, love is kind. Hmm? Number two, remove the urge to be selfish and to be competitive. Be competitive out there in your business. That's, a, that's fine. In your career, sure. But in the church community, that is not good. It's not, I'm better than you. We don't want to hear that. We want to, what, we, what we want to hear is, this is my gift, not that. It's not who's better. We just have different gifts from God. We just have different talents. And family. Practice love in marriage. Married people. Love is patient. Amen. So when you pray for one another, Lord, I pray for us. Huh? For us. Sometimes when you pray, no, parinig lang sa kabila. Lord, love is patient. Teach her to be patient. <laughs> Lord, uh, Lord, he's a man and should take leadership in the home, Lord. Give him, convict him, Holy Spirit, <laughs> that he realizes responsibilities. 
Parinig lahat, no? You say us. Lord, teach us to be patient, both of us. Teach us to be kind to one another. Teach us not to be jealous. Teach us not to brag or be arrogant with one another. It's teaching us, us, because nobody's perfect. I'm not better than my wife. She doesn't feel she's better than me. We both have a lot of things to improve in our lives. So we pray, Lord, change us. Us. Number three, we cannot fulfill such a standard with our strength. Let us rely on the grace of God to transform us so we may practice true love. Ah, true love is no longer about frozen, okay? True love, or was it true kiss? True love's kiss, whatever. Uh, true love is, love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous, does not brag, it's not arrogant. It's not rude, it's not selfish, it's not provoked. does not keep a record of wrong, etc. His Holy Spirit will teach us and train us. Take note, train us. It's a learning process. It's a daily learning process. It's a weekly learning process. It's a monthly, yearly learning process to grow in our emotions. If you look at this, this is actually emotional maturity. Because if you don't have emotional maturity, you don't have patience. And marriage without patience, even though he's the hunk in your class and you married him, if he has no patience, there's no love going to remain there. If he has no patience with the family, you marry the wrong person. But even if you do, trust in the grace of God to change him. Amen? Amen. But I'm speaking to those who are single and young right now. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Not because he's nice now, he'll be nice then. Not just because she looks like an angel now, she will be an angel then. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, God's love will never fail. He expresses love through the death and resurrection of Christ. And that is the gospel. Amen? The expression of the love of God is in Christ. So we preach Christ. We preach Christ. We also preach the wrath of God. The wrath of God must be real in people. And Christ is the solution. That's why he needed to sacrifice himself to receive the wrath of God upon himself. So that those who believe, those who have faith in him, would be justified. Oftentimes we just preach the God of love. But we do not preach the God of justice. We have to preach God. Or who? The justice of God. The mercy of God. So what does the world say? Oh, if God loves me, why did he make me suffer? Don't you know that suffering is part of it? Count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Now they have a concept of Christianity that they shouldn't have suffer. Oh, I do believe in a God who blesses, but I do believe in the God who allows us to go through trials. If we only preach the love of God without the justice of God or the ways of God. You know when Moses prayed? In the mountain, teach me your ways. Show me your ways, Lord. And that's why we study scripture. We want to understand more of who God is and what he does. And it's been an amazing journey with you. Reading from every book we study, it's understanding more of who he is. And the more we understand him, the more we know how to work this relationship out. 
although the relationship is really one-sided in the sense that he has given all and really we cannot give anything back except to trust him and have faith and we obey with faith and friends we ought to believe in him more than anyone even more than ourselves do you believe in Christ to believe in Christ is not to believe he exists it means you really believe in more than yourself more than anyone else more than any philosophy, you believe Him. And that is the kind of faith that leads to salvation. Let us all rise and let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Speak to the Lord on your own at this moment. And just ask the Lord to teach us to transform our minds and hearts. First, our perspectives. Then our emotions, that we would be mature. That we could put in check the strong emotions. We could put in check anger, unforgiveness, impatience. We could put in check a judgmental spirit. We could put in check bragging, arrogance. Put it in check. Draw a line and say in your heart, you cannot pass. I will not let you in. Because love is patient according to the Holy Scriptures. Lord, teach us to be patient. Teach us to be kind, to do kind acts to one another. To show through our actions ways that we bless one another. Lord, as a community, teach us to apply this as a community. Teach us as a community to do, recognize one another's gifts. But not to be envious of one another. Not in social or economic status. Because that is not what you wish, what you want, what you will. But we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Everything else is secondary. Teach us not to keep a record of wrong, not to be offended. Lord, allow our commitment to you not to be influenced by the failure of others. That regardless if people succeed or fail, we are committed, we will serve. Renew our thinking, our words. Remove, uh, remove sama ng loob, Lord. Remove bitterness, Lord. Teach us not to keep a record. Teach us to let those memories fade away. But we can't do it on our own, Holy Spirit. So we trust you, Holy Spirit. Change our minds, change our hearts. Give us a renewed mind and heart that we're free to love others in Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Teach us to bear all things. If it is our stage to suffer, teach us to bear it in Christ. For through your Holy Spirit and your word, we will endure. For love will endure. 
Her love will never fail. Teach us, Lord, to not be affected by the culture around us. That we may remain true in you and in your word. Lord, the kind of love we pursue is what is grounded in the truth. Not the world's ways, but your way alone. Lord, we pray for our church community. We are not perfect. Oh Lord, we are far from it. Yet teach us to love one another, to practice this. That we may grow as a church in our love and in our groundedness in the truth. Teach us to bless one another. Teach us to uphold one another. Teach us to protect one another. Even when we rebuke one another, we pray it's because of the truth. Because love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. It rejoices with the truth. But may it not be from a heart that is bitter or arrogant. But from a heart that is truly concerned. Teach us to love within our families and in our marriages. Teach us to be more patient and kind to one another. Though imperfect, we know that every day we can grow. We can change every day by your grace, by your truth. Thank you, Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. May peace, harmony, the love of Christ be upon your homes and in our church today and forever. And God's people say, Amen. Palakpakan po natin ang Panginoon.